I was home visiting my mom and dad. My mom was in the garden. I was in the garden helping her out, being a good son. <laughs> At the end of the school year, I was thinking about my students, the projects we had done. I was reflecting on the experience. And all of a sudden, when I least expected it, I had seven characters show up telling me about the first day of school. And just like that, we are introduced to a classroom full of memorable characters, especially the teacher we all wanted and the one we all want to be, Mr. Tarrant. Teachers' goals are to help their students, broaden their worldview, support them, and guide them. And Rob Bouye is a writer who shows us all views of the classroom. Welcome to Amongst the Books, a podcast for kids, by kids, and yes, adults too. Author Rob Bouye talks with us about how he finds inspiration, how he started as a writer, and how his writing switch is always on. Rob was open to talking with us about his books and how they play a large role in his own life. We hope you enjoy the show. Um, so thank you so much for agreeing to meet with us and talk with us today about your writing and your books and your process and everything like that. Um, I, I'm a fan of your books. So this was really great for me to be able to talk with you. Um, so if you can, can you just, um, I don't know, maybe give us a little background into you, like your, your books itself and, you know, Mr. Tarrup and everything like that? Um, all right. Um, a little bit of an introduction, I guess. Yes. yes. Um, so I guess the best thing to say is that um, I, I was not a writer. I wasn't interested in writing until I became a teacher. And it was when I ended up in the classroom surrounded by these uh, high energy, fun fourth graders. That's what got me excited about writing. I started writing so that I could become a better teacher of writing. That was really the, the mindset. Um, and so that meant I started writing short stories that I would share with my students that I would take into school so that I could use them as examples of different things that you could do with your writing as a writer, types of stories. But more importantly, it was about building excitement and community around writing. And what happened is, um, in order for me, the teacher, to keep writing stories to share with my students, all of a sudden I had to get busy thinking about stories more and more. And this is why I dedicate that first novel to my former students. It's because of them I started writing, but more than that, it's because of them I started thinking about stories more and more. It's because of them I turned my writing switch on. Um, I'm, I'm big on this thing called the writing switch. So I often tell students, if you think of a light switch on the wall, you could flip that on and off. I think everybody has a, a writing switch in their head. And more than likely, students turn it on at writing, turn it off when writing is over. But for me as an author, I never turn the switch off. It's always on, which really just means I go through every day thinking like a writer, thinking about my stories, characters, paying attention to what's going on around me like a scientist making observations and 
in doing that, you notice things. And then you need to stop and think, wonder, how could it be used in a story with a character? What if, what if this were to happen instead? And so um, when you're doing that, ideas come to you when you least expect it. At least they do for me. And believe me, some of my very best sentences and ideas have happened in my head when far away from the desk. Right. I mean by the writing switch. So it was Memorial Day weekend. I was home visiting my mom and dad. My mom was in the garden. I was in the garden helping her out, being a good son. <laughs> At the end of the school year, I was thinking about my students, the projects we had done. I was reflecting on the experience. And all of a sudden, when I least expected it, I had seven characters show up telling me about the first day of school. All seven kids in Mr. Terrebs' classroom that, that you meet. I never had more than seven, never had less than seven. I had the boy who was all about goofing off, the kid who loved school, the kid who hated school, the new girl to me, all came to me that day in the garden. And I wow. thinking about them. And um, eventually I started writing that, that story. Um, so, so that's kind of what led to me writing and, and um, where I was when the idea was born. Right. <laughs> all right, so now ladies, take it away. You are my little interviewers. So Emma, shoot. <laughs> Um, how long did it take you to write um, Because of Mr. Terrupt? I spent six years on the first novel. Um, now, that doesn't mean it took me six years to craft all those sentences, Emma. Um, mm -hmm. But it was six years working from when the idea was born until it was a book in stores. Um, okay. So there was a lot of life going on for me at that point. I was busy teaching. I was coaching children being born. Um, and then we moved in the midst of, of all that. I went from teaching third grade to teaching high school biology um, at a boarding school. Uh, I was living with high schoolers from all over the world. So it was a big career change, big life change, just big change. Um, but I was working on that story in the midst of all <laughs> that. Um, and one, you know, one of the things that's, that takes a long time with the first book, not always, but more than likely, is um, finding somebody who wants to publish it. You can spend 10 years alone trying to find somebody to say yes, and, and it might never happen. And for right. some people, it doesn't. Um, but there's rejections that happen first. I, I don't know of a, actually, I always say I don't know of a writer who wasn't rejected before being published, but I have heard of only one. Um, I, I, I think it might be true that Lois Lowry was published without ever being rejected. Um, wow. The author of The Giver. You'd have to fact check that. Um, that's something I heard through the grapevine, but, but other okay. than that, I don't know of anybody. Um, and so you get rejected and <laughs> hard. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, I kept, you know, I got rejected. I kept plugging away and eventually somebody said yes. And so in all that was, that was six years. Um, but Emma, I want to add to that. So now working as a full-time writer, um, my new series, the Perfect Score series, there's yeah. books in that. Each of those took about a year. That's about how long it takes me to write a book now. Um, okay. How long you're in school from beginning of the year to the end of the year. That's about how long it takes me to have a story in pretty good shape. And then I'll probably spend the summer working with my editor to, to do whatever final revisions. And, and then it's, you know, off to becoming a, becoming a book. But whether mm -hmm. it's two years or one year, Emma, most of the work by far is revision. Yeah. Okay. That's most of the work, writing it over and over and over and over. 
Excellent. You like to put a lot on your plate at once. That is for sure. Like, I'm surprised you didn't try to throw, like, I don't know, like something else in there too, like make a movie or something, like on top <laughs> of everything. <laughs> um, Francesca, go. What was your inspiration behind the character, Mr. Tara? Inspiration behind the character, Mr. Tara? Yeah. Um, so just, I guess um, to answer that, Francesca, let me talk about characters in general. Um, so when it comes to creating characters, the kids, Mr. Terrapt, um, others that I've done, right? Um, for me, the characters are bits and pieces of many, many, many different people that I've met throughout my lifetime. Also bits and pieces of me. And then the last thing I use is imagination. That's really what I work with. And then I glue all that stuff together. And that's what really helps me to get going with these characters. So as far as the kids, um, they are definitely bits and pieces of many of my former students. I had loads of Peters in my classrooms over the years, trust me, but I had lots of Lexis and Loops and Jessicas and all of them. Um, those characters, the kids are also bits and pieces of kids I went to school with. Friends, not friends. There's bits and pieces of my children that go into characters now. So all sorts of different people but then me and imagination. As far as Mr. Tarrant himself, uh, many times adults will ask me if I had him as a teacher. Is that why I booked that I have, that I have this guy and that's what in, the inspiration was? Um, and the answer is no, I didn't have Mr. Tarrant. I had teachers I, I liked and still remember, but not a Mr. Tarrant. Was I Mr. Tarrant? <laughs> and I'll say no, I'll, I would never dare say yes to that because every reader agrees he's pretty awesome, right? Right. That definitely was my goal. My goal was to be that guy. And I worked hard. And some days I know I came close and other days I came up short. But Mr. Tarrant is definitely a lot of me and a lot of imagination um, added in there to make him even better. So what are some of those connections? Uh, Mr. Tarrant loves projects in the classroom. Those projects that he tries, those are things that I did. I love and that stuff in the classroom. I just take those experiences and I change them. Right. Change them so that I can make them better in the book. But his love for projects, the way he organizes the classroom, interacts in the classroom, um, all, of, all of that, those are pretty big connections I have. And of course, he's a wrestler and that's <laughs> the biggest connection of all. Um, I started wrestling when I was four, so I was looking for a way to sneak that into the story. There you go. So that's where that came from. I will have to agree that as a librarian teacher myself, yes, I wanted, I want to be like Mr. Tara. Like that is a goal, like reading about, like reading these stories and reading about him. I'm like, I, I want to be that guy. Like everyone loves him. I want that. <laughs> and yes, like, like you did, I, I feel like sometimes I hit it and then other times you feel like you fall short, but yes, that's a good goal. He was a good goal to have, so. Emma, go. Do you have anything? Um, when you were younger, did you ever think of becoming an author? Never. No way. Um, I was a lot like Peter and Luke mixed together. My mother would say, Peter. <laughs> so um, I was serious about school like Luke. I worked hard. I, I always did well. I knew it was going to be important. Um, but I was nothing like Jessica as a kid. I was never reading, certainly never writing. That's not anything 
I did unless I had to do it for school, never on my own. Now, if I could go back in time, um, I did an interview recently with, with some kids and they had said, if I could go back to my 11 or 12 year old self and give some advice, what would it be? <laughs> Funny thing is I would tell that boy the same thing my mother was telling that boy, read a book, why don't you go a book and read, read, read. And I just never was. Um, but of course now there's a huge connection that I have with Jessica, right? I love reading. Reading's a huge part of my life. It's a huge part of my job. Nobody but a reader becomes a writer. Right. Um, the, probably number one advice to help you as writers is to read. Every author would say that to you. The reading, that is what will help you grow as writers and storytellers more than anything else will. So um, I wish I was a reader as a kid, but, but I wasn't. Um, I was serious about school, like I said. Um, and then, of course, my other passion was, was wrestling. Yeah. I had some very lofty goals as a, as a kid um, all throughout school around wrestling. Are your daughters readers? Like, oh, are they you are. Now, yeah. They are. Yeah. They, they are uh, big readers, though, unfortunately, with this, you would think that with all of this, uh, you know, stay home business we got going on, that they'd be pouring through books right now. And it just, it's not happening. Um, yeah. Media is getting in the way. <laughs> so, as a father, I'm kind of having a little bit of, you know, like <laughs> I'm trying to get them to read a bit more right now, but they, they are, they're definitely pretty big readers. Um, Don't yeah. worry. I'm not reading nearly as much. As, I'm not reading nearly as much as I should be. My stack just keeps getting bigger and bigger um, because now I've discovered all of the amazing things on Netflix again. So I've been <laughs> pouring through Netflix. <laughs> um, Francesca, go. How did you come up with a plot board because of mystery tarot? Well, um, I guess this, this is uh, a good question to piggyback on what I was talking about in terms of the connections I have with the teacher, the projects, all those projects that he does being things that, that I did. So um, when the characters first came to me, they came to me telling me about the first day of school. And that's what I started writing. And of course, after writing about the first day of school, I began to wonder what's the second day look like. And I was asking the characters, what's the second day, the second week? What is September, October, November, December? It was easy for me to think about month by month. And I think because I just sort of knew what sort of things were happening in, in school during those, those times. So that, that's kind of how I came up with the idea of instead of chapters going month by month, and I kind of thought about what's happening at those times. And, and since I really loved projects, I was able to think about the different sorts of projects that would work um, at, that, at that juncture of the story. So dollar word projects, that's a project yeah. every year. Um, so, so Francesca and Emma, one of the things I do to get ideas is I, you know, I'm often asked, is it a true, true story? And I, I often jokingly will say, yes, sort of, but not really. Um, and that's because I like to take the experiences, the memories, sneak them in there, but never write them down the way they really happened. I always change it by adding imagination and I have a lot of fun changing it so I can make it better. So calculating blades of grass, that's another project that I did with students. Kids outside spread out all over the place, tossing cardboard squares. That's real, that's me writing from experience and that helped me to 
you know, talk about the project, write about the project, um, visualize where the students would be, what tools they would, they would need, all that, my experience helped. Um, but whatever happened, I never had a kid zing it through the air like a Frisbee, so it, I act to the girl in the tushy. That's me having fun as the, as a storyteller and adding something in there. So, so I was, I guess that's what helped me get going, helped me to get going with the plot, Francesca, um, really all the way up until the accident, uh, which by the way, I did have a crazy day in the snow with my students, a lot of running around and horseplay and having, and then a boy got knocked down on his belly face first in the snow. And there were these girls standing there who kicked all the snow they could in his face and even went in his shirt. And he went nuts, sat up screaming and crying. I'm going to kill you! <laughs> the girls took off running. Ah! And I grabbed the boy as fast as I could before he killed him. And I was going on, calm down! He tried throwing me in the snow. Ah! And so holding him in the air, his legs are going like this. I'm going to kill him! And so finally I got him to stop. And I remember yelling, that's it, we're going inside! let's go and we marched into the building I had that boy close the whole way I what I remember more than anything is how scared I was and it was my first year teaching and I almost oh. had to try to kill these girls out there on that field so it scared me really truly and that memory stuck with me and I was able to put that in the book and change it and I came up with this snowball and accident and coma all imagination none of that's real but um that crazy day is what that's what helped me so a lot of um, classroom experience helped throughout part one and then part two um, you know that, that's removed from school for for a stretch the waiting room in the hospital a lot of imagination there though I've been to hospitals and in waiting rooms and those experiences certainly helped but but um, by that point in the story I kind of knew the the you know the big picture so I, I knew what was going on you had a mini hulk in on you that day with that kid <laughs> like he it was suddenly like bruce banner and then the hulk happened yeah all because of snow <laughs> oh okay that's an experience i'm glad i don't have with middle school kids all right you guys are cool you guys are calm <laughs> Um, as a teacher, do you um, say that you don't have a favorite um, kid in your class, but do you actually have one? Ooh. Ooh, you're asking me for the, the skinny. What's the skinny teacher? Yeah. But did you really have a favorite? Um, Is there one that sticks out? Boy. Um, uh, there's not a single one, no. Um, I had two students who actually, I became very close with their families. They were at my wedding. Um, they were in my very first class, a couple girls. Believe it or not, they're the girls who kicked snow in that boy's face, too. Um, I, I was very close with their families, and so they were, at, um, they were at my wedding. I got married my second year teaching. They were there. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're pretty special, um, but I mean, there were, there were a number of them. I mean, the kids that there's, you know, the boys who were Peters who drove me up a wall, they were some of my favorites too. <laughs> so I had great, and there were some Lukes and Lexis. I mean, there were, there, I, I loved just a lot of them. I mean, 
really did. I have I, memories of bunches of them, so I, I can't say I had a, a single favorite. I really love how, as we're talking with you, you are referring to the characters. And yes, they are based a little bit on people that you know and things like that. But you're expressing them as if they are like right there in front of you. Like you really did have this particular Peter. And you are showing such like love behind these characters that it's like, it's amazing to see. Like, it's just so fun to see. Like, this is like, this is almost like a classroom that you were able to create. And you really do have a love for each of those kids. So, so that the first book, Because of Mr. Terrapt, is coming up on um, 10 year anniversary. Yeah. And um, there's a fourth book coming out with that. I don't know if you guys knew that. I did um, not, so, no. Good, goodbye, Mr. Terrapt. This is this is the advanced reader copy. Yeah, it's, you should be worried. <laughs> this one will hit stores in October at the, okay. same time, um, the same time that, you know, book one is, is 10 years old. Um, right. So anyway, I mentioned that because the characters have been with me for quite a long time. And um, I think that's why they're, they become pretty real. Yeah. I've thought about them essentially every single day. Yeah. Um, since since starting it so um i guess so you know in the perfect score series those characters that they're every bit i talk about them the same way so. yeah they're um, becoming um, real that's yeah. and that everyone can like how i relate to mr tarap how i want to be like him um i know that i was like some of these kids when i was in the classroom so, and I can only imagine that as the kids are reading them, they see themselves in some of them. So that just is a testament to your writing that we're able to relate to them and kind Thanks. of see them as physical people. So, all right, Miss Francesca. Have you ever wondered what it was like to be a student in Mr. Terab's class? Oh. I don't know as though I, have stopped and thought about it in terms of a question like that, but certainly in the course of writing the stories, I mean, I, they're told first person, I have to stop and pretend I'm that character every time I write in that voice. I pretend I'm that kid in that situation. So in that sense, yes, I guess I've taken a lot of time to think about what it would be like to be in Mr. Terrup's classroom. I'm pretending to be this kid, What's going on with the other kids? What's going on with Mr. Terrup, Miss Newberry, the teacher across the hall, Mrs. Williams, the principal? I mean, I, so I've stopped to think a lot um, about that. Emma, go for um, it. Looking back, are you proud of your work and is there anything that you would change? Uh, but Emma, having already told you that most of my work is revision, um, when I'm said and done with it. I sure hope there isn't anything I wanted. <laughs> um, so no, there isn't anything that I, you know, if I were to sit down and read any page, um, I'm sure I could hem and haw over a comma or a dash mm -hmm. word again, because um, you do that a lot um, as you're, as you're winding down um, but there there isn't anything in the story that that I'd want to 
go back and, and change. And am I proud of it? Um, yeah, I am. There, uh, this story, when I sit down and write, what's important to me is that I end up with a story that's going to entertain, it'll make you laugh, which they all do, every single story I've written, I know, <laughs> me laugh when I'm writing it. Um, so I wanted to do that, but I also want to make sure the story gives you something that's going to make you stop and think and feel. There are places where you could ask questions and have important conversations around any number of things um, in the course of reading the story. And that's true for every single book I've written, um, Mr. Tariff series and the Perfect Scores series. The Perfect Scores series, there are some pretty important conversations that could be had around those. Yeah, there are. Um, so, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. And I'm, what makes me really happy is when I hear from classrooms, teachers, students, and I find out they're doing things like the collaborative classroom project mm -hmm. to know that my book has kind of inspired those sorts of things to happen at other schools around the country. That's a pretty special feeling. So let me ask you, because you touched on it a little bit when you're writing the characters and you saying that you had to like go into that frame of mind, that character's frame of mind. And the way you change point of view for the story between the students, do you kind of like write a student, like write a character's story all out and then go to the next one? Or is it like kind of, each story, each person then changes the story for the next character. You know what I'm saying? Like it's- I do. Okay. I do. Um, I do not write the story for one character and then go back and do the other one. Okay. It's simultaneous. Okay. Um, so let me show you my plan. This is kind of how I keep track of things. Um, so, I end up with um, this is a pretty good example. I use a grid. So these are my characters down the side and the chapters oh along the battleship, you know, in this box, key ideas for that kid, that chapter. Uh, I right now, but um, I do not have it all filled in when I start. Okay. I filled in that I'm really excited and I can't wait. Right. And so I get busy writing and here's what happens is I write, I get new ideas. I learn more about the story, the character, I get new ideas and those new ideas help me to fill in the empty boxes. Um, so by the end, it looks like what I just showed you. It's yeah. a numbers, colors, cross outs. That's me kind of figuring things out um, as I go through. The numbers help me ultimately figure out which character is going to talk first, second, third, fourth, and have a transition and, and all of that. So it's simultaneous. Okay. Um, all right. Because it's, I always find that interesting where it's a changing point of view. So I'm always, I'm always wondering how that happens. Like how times that, that, you know, there's times when I've written a scene Maybe I, you know, I'm writing it like I'm Luke, and by the end, I realize that it needs to be Jessica. That's right. That scene, and then I just I have to rewrite it in a different voice. Sometimes I I'm writing, and I come up with there's just a single sentence that 
I, I love so much, I, I can't get rid of it. And I have to like, that one sentence will help me figure out how to piece everything together around it. It's, it's um, I don't know, it helps, helps like that. That's a great though. I love that a sentence can do that to I, you. I can actually remember um, one good example and because of Mr. Terrapt, when Peter does the prank, he puts glue on Luke's shoes. Yes. I can't remember how it all came to me, but I, I ultimately knew that um, Mr. Terrapt was going to have this. That's also when he's having this um, moment with Lexi in the hall. And I needed to have a student overhear that, kind of see that so that he could retell the story. Because Lexi, um, I don't know, so, you know, Lexi, I, there were some other things going on. So anyway, all of that worked into the glue because the glue put Luke into the bathroom to clean it up. And as he's coming out of the bathroom, voila, he's able right. to pick up on that. So um, it's, you know, all of that kind of helps me ultimately figure out the, the prank and what the, you know, all of it. So, so that's kind of how it's simultaneous, you know, coming together. I love that though. I, I think that's such a great way to do it. So I, it, cause it makes it so much more entertaining that I can now knowing it even more too, it just makes it so like, Oh, okay. So that probably was someone else. And then it changed. So I like that. Francesca. Did you hit a lot of roadblocks when you were writing because of Medusa? Did I hit a lot of writer's block, roadblocks? Roadblocks, writer's block. Um, well, here, here's what I can tell you, Francesca. I never, ever tell myself I have writer's block. Um, if I did that, then I think I would just, you know, ah, writer's block. Um, I'd freak out. And that's going to, of course, just kill any creativity. So... Um, maybe I don't believe in writer's block. At least for me, I don't. Do I get stuck? Yes. Yes. There's days when the writing flows and I've got ideas and, you know, I spit out a lot of words and there's other days when I don't. That's just part of the journey, part of the process. So I, I stick with it. I do a lot of work in the head, right? And I trust that ultimately I'll figure, figure things out. Um, you know, what are some strategies if I do get hung up? Um, if I get stuck in the middle, I might leave that and then write the ending. And as I write the ending, that helps me to figure out what to do back in the middle. Um, because by writing, that helps me to continue to come up with ideas. So that's, that's one strategy. I, I leave where I'm stuck and work on a different part or maybe even an assignment altogether, a different, different piece of writing. Um, might, it might also be an indication that I need to share what I have written at this point and to get, get a reaction from a reader. Um, and so early on, that might be my dog. Daughter. It might be my wife. Um, it could be my editor, depending on where, where I am with the project, um, just to get some feedback, some questions, really, from, from the reader. And that can help me to think more and, and keep going. Um, so, so it's like a roller coaster, you know, there's highs and lows. There's places where it goes well and other places where I'm struggling to figure things out. But that's kind of how I handle it. The language that you use for the kids, like when, when your characters are talking, is very spot on with how today's kids are talking and the terminology that they use. Do you get inspiration from like your daughters? Do you talk to them and say like, okay, dad wants to write this. How do I say this 
to be more um, <laughs> like modern so I don't look like sometimes um yeah not I guess I pay attention to them I pay attention I do a lot of school visits and end up in in classrooms surrounded by kids and I you know I pay attention to that um sometimes they'll say something that uh I write down because it, it triggers um you know it triggers uh I don't know, a, a right. or something that I might want to, might want to use. Um, so, and I think, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. still having been a teacher for that many years and um, being a reader. I, right. And of course, revising, right? Yes, exactly. Ultimately to get it. So, um, Okay, so we don't want to take up all of your time here today. So we'll do two last questions. So Emma, you're up, kid. Okay. Um, any? Do you have any tips for future authors? Well, Emma, let's see. So I've the writing switch is huge. Okay, understand that you can be thinking like a writer and thinking about your writing in your head when away from the desk. That is huge. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, so. I've talked about how I used my school experiences to generate ideas for stories. You've had just as many experiences. Stop and think about the projects you've done, the trips, the events, the everyday activities. Those are my dogs, sorry. Uh, every, everyday activities, like Jack. Um, it could be PE class, it could be lunch, um, you know, any class for that matter. Um, if you have a character you're excited about, put them in one of those situations that you're familiar with, and then you start to change things up. Um, it can become a lot of fun. It can definitely generate ideas. So writing switch, think about the experiences you've had, and of course, read. Be a reader. No but a reader becomes a writer. So, and then I guess, um, what, what last piece of advice? I, I mean, I told you revisions, most of the work. Yeah. Um, and I guess lastly, you can't be afraid of failure. I, I also told you rejection is most likely gonna be part of the journey. Um, and you that stop, you, you, you learn from the rejections, you become better, smarter, stronger. You ultimately succeed because of what you've learned by putting yourself out there and failing all, along the way. So. That's a big one. It's sharing your write, your writing is scary. That's one of the hardest parts oh, yeah. process for me still is to finally take these pages that I've poured over and let go and let somebody read it. That is hard, but you've got to do it. It is. It's so scary because you're just like, yes, you're aware that rejection might happen, that they might not like something, but you're just like, I put so much into this. Please like it. Like, oh, please don't hate it. <laughs> Emma, there's an important connection between you, the writer, and the reader also. Um, I mean, you've got to love it. If you don't love it, your reader will never love it. I can promise you that. So there's a big connection. The parts that make you laugh, I'm laughing. And when I write them, the parts that grab a hold of your heart and make you feel something, you better believe I feel that when I'm writing those parts too. If I'm ever bored, I know I need to change it or get rid of it because if I'm bored, you're definitely bored as the reader. So all that important. Yeah. <laughs>
All right, Miss Francesca, last question. Do you think that having a good vocabulary will help you write a better book? <sighs> All right, Francesca. Uh, yeah, in short, yes, but um, that alone isn't going to do it, okay? Um, Stephen King has a fantastic book called On Writing. Yes. It's the only Stephen King book I've ever read. Oh, <laughs> loved it. It's all about writing. And he talks about, um, like, if you're going to tackle a, a project, you've got a toolbox. Yeah. Or tools you've got in that toolbox, the better equipped you are to do the project. In writing, you think about the toolbox you have. Vocabulary is just tools in that toolbox. And, and, you know, the more you can sharpen it and, and the better you can make that vocabulary, then I guess the better that tool will be out, out of that toolbox. Um, so that it is important. But that being said, I can tell you that my verbal SAT scores were in the toilet. <laughs> so bad. Um, like 420 or something. I don't know how much, you know, SAT scores. But that's pretty terrible, okay? Um, I'm right there with you. I was right there with you. <laughs> so, so, Francesca, my, you know, SAT vocabulary wasn't the greatest, it wasn't my greatest strength, um, but <laughs> I've managed to write some books. So I, I don't think it's a, you know, maybe you're not a great speller, and I would say the same thing. You know what? You, right. you can get there. So, um. Do, do I wish I had a better vocabulary? Sure, I, I do. But read, you know, read, read, read. So yeah. that, that, that's what will help you most. And I will encore what you said there about the Stephen King on writing book. That was a great book. And it was the only one of his books that didn't scare the bejesus out of me. <laughs> well, I, I needed to sleep with the light on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, kids, read that one. That's a good one to read. Um, but Rob, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, your busy day, your busy writing schedule to uh, sit down with us and talk to us a little bit about your books and um, your process and your craft. Because like we said, we are, we are fans and we want to oh, keep what you're coming out with and just start falling more and more in love with your characters that you've created. So well, this has been fun. Usually I have, you know, a class of 20 students and I can only answer so many questions, but having just a couple of you, Francesca and Emma, who are clearly interested in writing. Yes. Um, so, so thanks for uh, the interview and, and yes. thinking of me and reading my books and all that. So yes. happy and, reading and, and good luck with your projects. Yes. Thank you so much. Have a thank great you. rest of the day. You guys Bye. too. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Rob, for joining us. It was a pleasure getting to know more about your process and your memorable characters. You can follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Bouye. You can follow us on Twitter at AmongstTheBooks underscore podcast and on Instagram at AmongstTheBooksPodcast. Our theme music was written, recorded, and produced by Jake Thistle. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to rate and review us wherever you get your podcast. And for now, be safe, be happy, and keep reading.